Oh, we got a we got a female today, boys. That's right. We're talking about big changes. Hey guys, welcome back again to the Cut Light and Smoke podcast. I am here without my co-host JB, who is in Hawaii, living it up like a baller. And I'm here with a special guest though today. Quinta is here. She works part time for us. Quinta is awesome. She's amazing. If you haven't seen the video on Quinta, go on Best Cigar Reviews and see the video there because I interviewed her there. But I'm gonna do a little bit of interviewing today, and we're gonna be talking about the three biggest, like incidents in our lives that changed us forever okay that's gonna be our big thing today our big theme so uh quick to say hi to the people hello everyone she's she's a sweetheart she's like a little uh, she's like a daughter to be honest with you she's like she's younger than me she's i mean how old are you i turned 26 the end of the year you absolutely could be my daughter there's no doubt about that okay absolutely could be my daughter i'd be proud to have you as my daughter you're an absolute amazing person and we're gonna interview you real quick and then we're gonna talk about like big incidents in our lives that have changed us forever okay and things like that which is gonna be good because we we know the cut light and smoke podcast is actually brought to you by zealcigars.com go to zealcigars.com for your number one place to find the best absolute house brands with long leaf tobacco that are incredible value on the internet. So if you're a cigar smoker, go there. If you're not a cigar smoker, well, man, don't, don't, don't go there and just listen to the podcast. So uh, all that all that said, um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, things that actually change your life. I mean, like incidents or things that happen to you that change your life. I can't remember how I put it to you when I, when I sent you the text message. What did I actually say to you? I said, I had an idea for a podcast and I said, I'm going to it right now. I said, uh, three moments, three moments that changed our life forever. Yeah. Right. Three moments that changed our life forever. So these are all uh, moments and uh, we'll go into it and everything like that. But first let's get a chance to get to know Quinta right here. Quinta is, uh, just so you know, I, I, you, I came to know you through Carrie, right? Yes. Yeah. So you came in here, you became fra- fast friends with Carrie, which pretty much anybody who comes into our shop is fast friends with Carrie because she yeah, loves everybody. Everybody loves her. Right. Uh, no one's fast friends with me. They look at me as the bearded, angry Santa in the corner. So, that's essentially what I am. And, uh, but, uh, let's talk about you. So you came to work the zeal cigars for, I mean, you were, you were here about two years ago. Is that when you first came? Um, a year ago, about a year ago. Yeah. Okay. Okay. About a year ago. Um, and then, and then started working for us. Uh, great palette. You actually know, no cigars very, very well. And tell me, I mean, tell me some of your favorite cigars. Tell me, list out some of your favorite cigars if you can. Um, well, for our house brands, I really love the Lost Cause. Um, the Caribbean Marauder is actually my new favorite. Okay. All um, right. All right. The oh, that was kind of hard. That's um, okay. That's all right. Just one more. I I actually just had the Irish Hulk for the first time a few weeks ago, and it was phenomenal. Irish Hulk's a winner. Irish, yeah. Have you had the Got Your Six yet? I haven't, and I need to try it. That's a great one. Werther's Original. Or this is original candy has got your six, just so you know. I hear that from everybody that smokes it, and I, I think my buddy Kevin just had it that was in the lounge, and so he told me the same thing. He's never had it before, smoked it. He's like, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, today I'm smoking a cigar actually by Big Sky Tobacco in Montana, and I should get I should get to smoking sometime in the uh, podcast, but if I don't, big shout out to Big Sky, uh, a buddy of uh, my buddy sent him these cigars and I've had these before and they're very good cigars. So big shout out to uh, big sky cigars in Montana. I was in Montana not too long ago and Lucky. went on a, yeah, went on a fishing trip at uh, the big Horn river and uh, caught nothing in the river and then caught something in a lake next to it. So that was about it. Uh, so, you know, it wasn't a moment that changed my life. That's for sure. <laughs> but let, let, let's go, let's go into it. Cause there's, there's moments in life that actually change 
change you. So uh, let, let, first, I want to I want to interview. So tell them you were at you're a student at ASU when you came here. You graduated ASU. Yes. Okay, and now you work on your master's degree in um, engineering. Engineering. So not just pretty. She's actually smart, gentlemen. Just so you know that she's not just pretty. She's actually smart. So uh, not many people go into engineering, and the ones that do obviously are very, very, very intelligent. And so Quinta is very intelligent, and. Uh, so I'm, <clears throat> I'm really looking forward to hearing your answers to the questions in life that change your, change your life. So let's start with the first moment. What's one of the first moments in your life that changed your life forever? Um, I know this is kind of a rite of passage for most people, but um, like most things for me, I'm a late bloomer and learning how to drive. I didn't start driving until I was 21. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. And um, it changed my life because I was able to, if I were... Um, just feeling down and I just really needed to take a, a, a drive somewhere I could. I didn't have to wait on my mom okay. um, all the time to take me or my cousin to take me. Okay. I, I could actually just get up and go and have a nice live concert. And then by the time I got back home, uh-huh. every, all the issues that I was having, it just seemed to disappear. So that, that really changed my life. Cause That's I, cool. I had more than I had more than just I had another outlet. For, mm-hmm. for um whatever was going on and i've met your beautiful mom i have met your beautiful mom <laughs> who, wear, who wears her age very well uh, as will you when you grow up which is great uh, grow up you're like 26 but you know what i mean yeah that's what old guys say when we're insecure about our age uh so, <laughs> but I, so I, i've met your mom before so but I, I don't know if that's so odd today just by nature of some people most most young people are putting off driving longer and longer like like i think my daughter maddie didn't get her license to 17 and my son, the same, probably the same age as well. Really? Yeah. Savannah got it when she was 16. Uh, I started driving when I was 13, believe it or not. So, but um, yeah, I, I think that's more and more, especially with Uber and the innovation of like, you know, traveling and everything mm. else like that. I mean, if you think about it, to own a car and to have like car insurance, gas and everything like that versus pricey, just an Uber. Pricey, yeah, pricey. Yeah, exactly. Just having Uber is a little bit easier. So big moment. So uh, do me a favor. I would love to hear your big moments shared with us if you could moments that change your life forever but you can email us those at cut light smoke podcast all one word cut light smoke podcast at gmail.com email us your biggest moments that actually change your life and a buddy of mine just actually i would say he's a, he's a buddy but uh big shout out to him I, I, i'm trying to remember the name right now i don't remember the name but you know who you are if you listen to the podcast sent me a huge moment that changed his life forever from listening to our podcast mm. the other day. He actually said he became a Christian as a result of be- of listening to our crazy. podcast, which is which is cool. You know, I'm I'm very excited about it. It's not what we do it for, but I'm excited that's a byproduct of it. You know, so that was really really cool. So, anyways, big shout out to you, brother, and I want to protect you for your name. I don't want to really say it out there, but I appreciate the email and everything else and the phone call. By the way, he called the shop and told me, you know, he's on the right path and. Doing some cool stuff, I, I guess. So I'm real excited about that. Anyways, uh, that's a big moment. So that transitions to my big moment. So my first big moment in my life was when I became a Christian, hands down. Mm-hmm. So like when I went from uh, not knowing anything about God and, and going on this you know weird youth retreat when I was 15 years old and everything, and I could tell you what it was like. I mean, it was in Michigan. It was cold. Uh, it was 7.36 p.m. on December 29th. Because I remember closing my eyes and just saying, God, for the first time, I believe in who you are. And would you make yourself real to me? I, I need you in my life. And, you know, received Christ that night. And uh, it was a complete change. I remember opening my eyes, looking at the clock, remembering the date and time and everything else like that. And knowing that, knowing that 
from this point on, I'm going to be completely different than I was before that point, you know, because now I, I know who God is. I understand. I understand uh, who he is. And it made me treat people completely differently because mm-hmm. you can ask my sisters. I was a complete hellion demon spawn, you know, prior to that. And uh, God really helped me out in that. So uh, I know I sound like I'm preaching a little bit. I'm not. I'm just trying to tell you that that's a really big moment that changed my life. What's another big moment for you? Um, so, uh, my mom and I just moved, uh, oh, okay. to okay. a new apartment. Okay. Um, so, so you're raised by a single mom. Yes. Raised by a single mom. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, we just moved in May, but where we were at was, um, the pits of hell. Um, okay. It yeah. was there. It was an apartment in Phoenix with no air conditioning, which should be illegal. Um, it is, I don't know why we didn't have the train of thought to sue. We should, because come to find out the apartment complex owners, Uh they don't own it now. They sold it, but Uh they consistently do the same thing to other apartment complexes around the Valley. So I guess that's their signature. That's what they do. So how long did you live there in that, in that old complex? I, we lived there three years and I'm going to tell you right now, I don't even know how I graduated from college or did anything. It was so hot. Like, you know how heat just drains all your life out of oh, you. Absolutely. I don't even know how I had the fortitude to do anything. Well guys, just so, just so you know, um, we, we're here in Phoenix, Arizona, where it gets up, up to about 120, sometimes past 120 in the summer, uh, multiple days. In fact, I think it was a couple years ago, it was... 40 days over 110 degrees. Yes. You know, which I just can't, I can't even fathom that. I did not know that until you told me that prior to the show, what we're shooting right now. So when you told me that, had I known that, I probably would have somehow probably got involved and been like, all right, how can I, how can I, you know, put some pressure on these people to get, get you a better, some air conditioning or something like that. So, so you went three years without any kind of air conditioning in your, in your household. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, just how did you deal with that? I don't know. Yeah. think just to piggyback off of you just god yeah he gives you strength yeah. when you think you don't have it absolutely absolutely and to graduate i mean you talk about like hard time let's just i mean i'm not trying to i'm not trying to put this out there i think i think you can say the say the obvious though single mom that's difficult uh eight eight no ac at all anywhere in the country that's difficult in phoenix that's difficult yeah i mean that's just flat out hard I mean, that's so kudos to you and mom for sticking it out and, and getting there and so on and so forth. And I, I had no idea, Quinta. I didn't. I'm, I'm so, had I known. So, so no wonder when you walk into work, you're just like, this is so great. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting back in the air conditioning, right? Oh, man. That, that's amazing. So, so, now, so now, but you have a new place now, you said. Yes. How's and, your new place? Yeah. Um, it's great. Uh, I feel like the Jeffersons were moving on up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but why this is life changing, and I think this might intertwine um, with a point that you have. Uh-huh. Um, as a, you know, when you see your, when you're a child and you see your parents, um, you don't, there are certain things that they do or certain ways that they feel, and you don't want your kids to see you feel like a failure, feel mm-hmm. like you're not doing the best you can. And my mom um, told me that that was a feeling sometimes that she would have over there. Mm. And that's, you know, that that's never a, a, a great feeling at yeah. all. Yeah, particularly and, as a parent. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, so just to, when with this new place, just to see, I think this new place really just illustrates all the hard work and effort that she put in to me and just for us to have a better situation. 
And that's huge. That's huge for multiple reasons, just by nature of the fact that when 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 you're when you're a parent, you always want to give your kid better than you had. And when you can't at certain times, it yeah. really does weigh on your ego. And your mom's in an unfair position um, by nature of the fact that dad's not around, you know, for sure. And that's one of those really, really difficult, hard things that I think you've supplemented well for yourself, obviously, with with other uh, figures and so on and so forth you look up to. Uh, but I also think that that's a that's a really hard, difficult thing, you know, for any mom to to go through and, 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 and to really feel like, you know, I want I want to I want to give myself to this kid. And so I can I, I just feel so much about that in particular, you know, incident you, you just shared, you know, so um, and kudos for your mom. Strong woman. Very, mm-hmm. very strong woman. Got a lot of respect for her. Got a lot of respect for her. Um, <clears throat> so my number two, my number two incident that uh, changed my life. I think I have it as my number two. Uh, let me go back into my notes. I don't want to get these two, these things wrong. Um, I, t- I sent them to you, didn't I? On text message? You did. Yeah, I did. There we go. Okay. Uh, number two was having kids. That changed my life forever. And it was in, not, in, in a way that's kind of different. Like, so when you're young and you're getting ready to have kids, uh, you... You, you're reading everything and you're trying to look at everything and you're talking to people who have had kids and everything like that. I was most concerned with being in, being in the delivery room because, well, I'm not good with blood and that is just a complete war room. So so literally, it's, it's like this. Like I go into, you know, I, I, I hear about it. So I, you go into the, you know, we went into the hospital with Savannah. I'm just, like, I'm just talking about Savannah. She's our firstborn, right? It's the first, first child we ever had. So I go into the hospital like it you know, 1236 at night or two o'clock in the morning. I can't quite remember. And then like everything is like sterile and like, you're just trusting doctors to do everything for, to your wife and you're freaked out. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what is going on here? And, uh, she gets an epidural and you have to sign this waiver before she gets an epidural. Cause they hit some kind of nerve in there. They could paralyze yeah. her. And you're like, what, what's going on? And they're like, but it, it always works out for most people. I'm like, well, for most people, what if we're the percentage, you know? So first there's that, then you're sitting there and, and you're like, I'm, I'm up with her. She's in all this pain and she gets the epidural. Now she's not in the pain. And I'm like, you know, what, what's going on? And then it takes, then it comes time for the, for the push. By the way, we're talking about eight, eight, nine hours later of labor, of just pain, you know? And I'm just trying to figure out what to do and how to be a you know, a support for my, for my wife. And, you know, and I'm getting ordered around by nurses and doctors go over here, go over here, move out of the way, things like that. And uh, literally, uh, you know, it comes down to Savannah being born. And I remember watching the whole, it was absolutely <laughs> horrific. It was not beautiful. She came out, looked like an alien. It was not at all what people think. And I was like, I have been duped by everybody's told me this is the most beautiful thing in the world. I was so freaked out. I was like, this is the, I can't deal with it. I can't deal. I went over by my wife. I almost passed out. We have a video of it. I almost passed out in in the delivery room. The doctor's like, "Can you put your head between your legs? Just chill out for a second. Because I my voice got like Mickey Mouse high, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, what's happening?" My my I was the room was spinning and everything like that because I was overwhelmed by the trauma of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just crazy. So, like that's just one of those things that like I, I just I just and then my wife she was holding Savannah after like let's say like an hour after the birth. She's holding Savannah in her arm that she has an IV in. So she's holding Savannah and her cousin is the nurse working, right? Mm-hmm. And so my wife starts saying things in like slurred, you know, slurred like language, like, hey, like that. And I'm like, what's going on? And and her cousin looks at me and goes, like a ninja. She's like, hey, Brad, I need you to grab the baby. And so I go over and scoop up Savannah in my arm, like, this is my kid. And I hold her like a football, right? I'm like, okay, nobody can get her. I got the hides my hand out and everything, right? And then... 
Heather, that's her cousin. Heather takes off like she had uh, smelling salts, ammonia on the on the closet door right by Jamie, my wife, and picks him up, cracks it, and puts it in front of Jamie's nose to wake her back up. Looks back down at her arm, and her arm is swollen like Popeye because the the IV had come out of her vein and it had just been pumping saline into her like membrane in there. So her wow. her arms all swelled up. And so, she, and so Jamie wakes back up. I'm like, I got Savannah. I'm like, no one's touching my kid. This is, I'm just freaked out. Like the whole thing was dramatic for me. And then uh, it was at night. So we leave at night, like at the next day, we leave it, we leave at night, like six, uh, seven, eight o'clock at night. And uh, I'm driving at night in the rain in Cincinnati, trying to get back home. And every pothole I think is going to break my daughter's neck, you know, or something like that. So I'm, so I'm literally driving home. I finally get back home and I'm like, <sighs> And my and and my my wife's like it's okay we're home now I'm like okay this is crazy I did not expect this but it literally changed my life in so many different ways like just from that to like seeing them grow up my favorite my favorite like time of being a dad was when they were really young like from I'd say from like birth till about eight years old mm -hmm. was my favorite time after like 10 12 and I like it now because they're teenagers and they're young adults we can talk more and so on and so forth yeah um but when they were little I just I, I loved little kids that was just so fun at, at my little kids and I'd wrestle with them and everything like that they crawl over my back and I'd crawl on the floor with them so so I, that that's something that definitely changed my life and it makes you very, very, I mean, if you don't know, if, if you want to know how selfish you are as a human being, get married. If you really want to know, have a kid. If you want to get brutally assaulted with your own selfishness, have more than one. Okay. And then if you really want to get annihilated with how selfish you are, have three. Cause then you got to run zone defense. Can't play man on man anymore, you know? So as a result of that, I remember thinking to myself, I am really selfish. I am just, I, I want my time. I want me. I want to do what mm -hmm. I want. And you can't do that as a parent. You got to sacrifice yeah. everything for your kids. Yep, it's you not know? about you anymore. No, no. And, and then you know, it's not about me or just my wife. And now we have to work together to raise these little, you know, these little humans up to be adults. And hope to hope to God we did a good job doing it. So, uh, I think my wife did a much better job than I did. That's for sure. Um, but we'll see. You know how that pans out. In a, what's your number three? Um, but before we start that. Oh, okay. Um, you mentioned, because um, you said something, and I'm going to piggyback um, off of that when I uh, mentioned my number three, but you said something about Jamie doing a better job. Yes. Um, when you look at your son, do you think that that is, do you still think that statement holds? When Jamie did a better job raising my kids than I did? When it comes to Camden. No. I think I, I, think I do that job. Yeah, I think I, I think... I, well, mommy, mommy and dad raise both kids. I think you raise them differently. And in our household, girls are raised like girls and boys are raised like boys. Okay. Meaning like, uh, I don't believe that uh, femininity can bestow masculinity. I think that's a, a fraudulent statement when people think that. Um, and I don't think it should be expected to. I really don't. Um, and so that's one of the reasons I'm very passionate about dads being dads and being good dads and, and moms being moms and being good moms. Um, and I, I treat my son very different than I treat my, my daughter, mm -hmm. you know, if you, my daughters, if you would, um, I'm very cuddly, you know, I'm a, I'm a softy with them, everything else like that with my boy, I'm trying to prepare him to, um, protect and provide for his family in the future. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of things that I, that I, that I'm kind of harder on my son about, um, because, uh, first he can take it. He's a boy. 
uh, or he's a man. He's 19 years old. He's a man. Uh, he can take it. And I think you can't get the best out of a man until you give him hard responsibility. Mm-hmm. Once he has hard responsibility on his shoulders, he knows how much he can carry. He can carry. Okay. And uh, then when he understands how much he can carry, uh, he can also help grab other guys around him to help carry that load and or um, build a life together, you know, with, with those guys. And then it will ultimately find another woman that he wants to build a life together with. So, um, uh, I think, I think that's, that's in that, in that degree, that's how I've, I've done better. So when my son was probably around, uh, eighth grade, my wife kind of handed him off to me as far as masculine building. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that was a big, that was a big part of his life. And there was a big transfer of like, I need you to deal with Camden. I need you to deal with this and so on and so forth. He's still a mama's boy. I mean, he still loves his mom and everything else like that. But oh, yeah. when it comes to primary like discipline, raising him and so on and so forth, I'd do that with uh, with my son, you okay. know, primarily and that kind of thing. And but my wife's an incredible mom, and she's she's done a great job with all of our kids and everything like that. But with my son, I'm incredibly active um, and involved, you know, in particular. And my daughters, I am too, but. It's a different it's a it's a different way than with my son. I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. why do you ask that? Why do you ask that? Um, because um, yes, my mom is a single parent, but I mm-hmm. do need to give some credit to my dad. My mm-hmm. dad has um hugged me. He's told me he loves me. Mm. He's told me he's proud of me. He That's was awesome. he was um he was at my high school and my college graduation. Good. Um number three, um, the biggest moment of my life was graduating college and just to have yeah. my mother and father there. Um I feel like I don't give him enough credit because okay. for a for a man to tell his daughter that I love you and I'm proud of you, mm-hmm. I see so many young women that are just lost because they don't have that, and it just it right. it, it hurts. Right, and right. I, I see I see it all the time. Absolutely, you need that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, he he going off of uh, you um, raising um raising Camden Mm -hmm. um he let my mom raise her daughter the way that she wanted to with no Mm -hmm. interruptions and that is needed um only Mm -hmm. a woman can teach a can teach a little girl how to matriculate through life as a woman absolutely yeah um he let my mom claim me on on um her taxes every year they were supposed to switch off he's always given us money whenever Mm. we needed it so Mm. I'm not gonna you know yes she's a single parent but I need to give some credit where credit is due well sure sure it's it's not it's not a matter of it's not a matter of blame or how things happen or anything like that. It's just a matter of, it's just harder, you know, yeah. that, that in and of it said, so that, that's, that's primarily why I made that comment. Um, you know, I think, I think one of the, I didn't, I didn't know all that actually, you know, I never heard that before. Well, that's, I'm trying to, I, I need to give him a little bit more credit. Sure. Sure. You know, yes, she's, she's a single parent, but she, she had a lot of help as well. Right. She wasn't just just out there by herself so, doing God knows what to make it. So, would you say you have a relationship with your dad? Um, I'm. We're working on it. Okay. Okay. Uh, what would that look like if you did have a? What would be your expectations if you did have a relationship with your dad? Um. Well, I should say I want a better one. Okay. Um. In terms of what it looks like, that's something that's really hard to illustrate. Okay. Okay. Um, I, as of right now, I would say that the relationship I have with you is something that I would strive for with my father. Oh. And I'm I not just that. saying that. It's, I know, uh, I know, sweetheart. I know, I know, that's a huge thing. Yeah. So, I'm, 
I look at Chuck like a like a like a daughter too. So I I think that's a big thing, and it's weird. That, it's weird. The older I get, the more protective I am of young young females because of you know I I know the world's hard. I know it's difficult. You know, and um, I'm sure your dad's proud of you. There's no doubt about that. You know, for for all you've accomplished already. And uh, and I know he will be proud of you for all you accomplish in the future as well. Um, so uh, my number three um, was uh, graduating college, which was a year ago. Yeah, it was That's crazy. Um, but. Uh, hmm. I think there was something else I wanted to add. Yeah, I know. We had to pause it. So I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure what it was. We were talking about college. We were talking, we were talking about your dad and everything else like that. And, and, and he was there for graduation. So, but you, but you did say that, I mean, your number three biggest thing was graduating college. Yeah. Cause all that hard work and effort, it paid off. Right. And right. Again, seeing all the hard work and effort my mom put into me to make sure that I could accomplish my goals. It, yeah. uh, it, it really hit then. Are, are you one of the first people in your family to graduate college i am you that's are something else too that's huge that's, that's huge. huge i'm the first person in my family too yeah yeah exactly that's a big thing when you graduate college mm-hmm. it really is and it, it's a lot of hard work it's a lot of effort um and depending on the field you know it sets you up very well with life as well and then you're you're, you're doubling down on college you're doing your master's work right now yeah but that might change right yeah. right because as life does you know things come at you and you're like okay Maybe I want to do this instead, you know, which is absolutely fine. You know, it really is, which is really kind of cool. Um, so. What is your number three? So I got in a car wreck back in 2015. And oh, that was wow. that was one of the biggest changes in my life. Because I've never been in a really bad car wreck before. And uh, I had little bumpers and everything. Else like that. that car wreck back in 2015. First, I, I, I got this really nice. I've had like nine Jeeps, by the way. So, I, like, I love Jeeps. And, uh. <laughs> Cherokees and Wranglers and all that kind of stuff. And so I had a, had like a 2001 Cherokee. It was all souped up. I'd done everything. I was working at a car dealership at the time. So I had had, I had done everything with this car. It's tricked out in every way I wanted it to be. It's perfect car I ever drove. Mm-hmm. And I was driving, I was late for a, my daughter's recital and I was driving down um, uh, a street and some lady turned. Uh, and uh, when my light was green, she turned on me and I T-boned her and totaled both of her cars. Uh, we proceeded to put, there was a cop behind me, literally saw the whole thing, got out and he asked me if I was okay. And my knee was hurting, but I went over to the, I, I, he, he said, can you, can you drive your car off to the side? So we went to the gas station. Um, and, and the whole thing was a, a big to do. It was just, it was kind of a crazy time. So she ends up calling her boyfriend and her dad. They end up coming there, start yelling and screaming at me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? The cop had to take off. So he sent some other cop over. Uh, to, to take the, the ticket down for her. And she, he saw the whole thing. He knew he, she was at fault. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't at fault for the accident. And uh, my knee really hurt. I ended up calling my buddy to come down and just stand with me because these guys were, like, threatening me because mm-hmm. they thought I they thought I was the one at fault, and I wasn't. I was like, dude, it was, it's your girlfriend, bro. She's the one that turned on the wrong signal. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, so my boy comes rolling up in his big Toyota Tundra all lifted up, and he's got his <laughs> – he's got his yeah, he's like, I got you, bro. What's up, man? What's I got you. And it was great. Um Big shout out to Yari. Love you, buddy. Um, so, like, as a result of that, like, that whole thing, my knee was shot. I couldn't work on it anymore. It started really busting my knee, and I, I ended up to the point now where, you know, I, I did get surgery once on the knee, and then I busted it again. And so I have to – but that that accident 
taught me a lot of things like that was the first time I felt human. Mm-hmm. Like I can, I can, I can get hurt or die. You know, um, that was the first time I felt like non invincible up until that point in my life. I, I really could will myself to do anything. And then I was hurt and I was injured even through football and lifting and everything like that. I never was injured mm-hmm. to where I couldn't do something. Um, now I, there are times in my life where I had a bad back here and there, but that's only for a day or two. Uh, but this started lingering on and on for months and turned into years. And even after surgery, I still wasn't right. And so, you know, and eventually it popped and now I got to have full knee replacement on my left knee, you know, which is coming up mid December. So I think that was really, tr- and even now to be 48 years old, have to be hobbling around in my shop on crutches just feels horrible. You know, and I'll track I'll track it back all that day. All that day it came down to it. So uh the girl was really audacious. I mean, she literally went to the we were in court and she's yelling at the judge and everything. The judge threatened to put her in contempt. It was crazy. The girl was like some crazy entitled little crazy idiot. Yeah, she really was. So how old was she? Like twenty something. Um. Yeah, 20-something. And I, I mean, at the time, it's 2015, so at the time, I don't remember how old I was. You know, I do the math, figure it out. But, um, yeah, I was younger, and I just, I'll just i never forget that. But it set me on this trajectory of, like, like I never I never took pain pills before, and that was, like, a big thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I had pain pills for my knee, and it was a big deal. Like, I started Vicodin, if you would. I, played, yeah. I, I, t- I took Vicodin, and I was like, now I know why people use drugs. Yeah, it's the best yeah, feeling in the entire it world. Is. Yeah, it really is. And so, like that, that things like that are just. I was never exposed to like the human, the the human side. Like I was, I was always big and strong and could will myself to do anything. And after that, I was like, wow, I'm fragile. Yeah, I could absolutely get killed any time. And so, for a very long time after that, I really feared even driving and everything else like that. Oh yeah. And then after that, I was like, I got. I mean, am I ever gonna get back on a motorcycle? I mean, what if I get hit on a motorcycle or something like that? And then after a while, I just gave up. Gave it up. And I was like, you know what? If I'm going to die, I'm going to die. I mean, I'm, 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 I'd rather go out, you know, 100 miles an hour with my hair cut on fire, boom, and, and it, it'll all be over versus, like, be afraid of living all my life, you know? So I, I did. That's what I did. I went I went out there and just decided to live and go and go and go. So, um, but, yeah, that's that that was probably one of the biggest things that changed my life was that car accident. So I could track a majority of my ailments back to that accident. And that, and that, that first accident, that settlement, that's all done. Yeah, she paid out and everything like that. Insurance took care of everything. And, you know, that's how I got the battle wagon, the big old denial I got right now. So, <laughs> anyways, um, but that's me. So, were you going to say something? I interrupt you. Um, I, there was a quote that I heard about fear. And, of course, when you're looking for something, you can't find it. I have a quote about fear that I thought was very interesting. He's still my football players that Michael Jordan said, I think. Or maybe it was Jerry Rice. I can't remember who said he, he said fear or, or courage is not the absence of fear. That's what it, it was. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's the control of it. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. The, it's the control of it. And I absolutely love that quote. And I, I, I think fear is very controllable. I, I do like another quote about fear in particular that I think is really good. And I saw it like in a Will Smith movie. Um, the uh, when he talked about it was that movie After Earth. Mm-hmm. With his son, with his son, yeah, J, J, Jalen Smith, Jalen or Jaden, I can't Jayden. remember. Jaden, um, he said, uh, "Danger is very real, um, but you can control your fear. But 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 fear is not, or something like that. Our fear is fear is not. It, it was the idea that like danger is real. Mm-hmm. Like there's just things that you should you should know are dangerous, 
but how afraid of you are, how afraid you are of that danger is controllable by you, you know? And I, I agree with that because there's certain things that are very, very dangerous that I do that I don't have any fear about them at all, right. but people around me do, mm-hmm. you know? And there's certain things like I, I shoot guns, I ride motorcycles, I go off-roading and do all these crazy things that I go camping in the desert and stuff like that. Meanwhile, some people are like, you go camping in the desert. What about, you know, coyotes? What about you get broke down? What about like you go shooting? What if something goes wrong? And, you know, or you ride your motorcycle, well, someone hits you. You're right. All that stuff can happen. You, yeah. you can't think of yeah. every little thing. You won't do anything in life if you constantly think about right. fear and what's going to happen to you. Right. But I have, I have myself unfathomable fear of things I shouldn't fear of. Like for example, I hate flying. I can't stand flying. I'm going to see my You're daughter. At, see yeah, after after the surgery and everything like that. So, I'm I'm definitely afraid of fly, fly, flying, but I shouldn't be because statistically speaking, I'm not going to do that. But every time I'm on a plane, I'm I'm just tell, talking to God, like, come to see you, Lord. I know this is probably it, and I'm going to crash. You know that that's exactly how I feel. Um. So, but it's it's really interesting in the in the in the human experience how there's things that we really don't need to fear. Mm-hmm but we do fear them anyways. Like there's, there's just, I mean, the dark, are you afraid of the dark at all? No, I'm totally afraid of the dark. Yeah. I don't like the dark at all. I, I just, just FYI, I don't like it being dark around me. I don't like anything like that. I like light and everything else like that. Um, but like when everything is like, when everything's dark, I, I get kind of sketched. Like if I have to come back here and close up and I have to walk through the dark in here to get, get, get the light switches in the very back, mm-hmm. I get a little wigged out, just so you know. So, like, that's an unrealistic fear. It's not, nothing's going to happen. Everything's fine. But, like, I'm just kind of creeped out by it, you know? So, mm-hmm. and I think I think that those those big things that happen in our life, those big moments that happen in our life, um, they both happen for joyous reasons mm-hmm. and fearful ones. Yeah. You know, and those are the big things that, that I think happen in our life. But, hey, what we want to know more than anything, guys, on this podcast is your big moments in life. Can you email us at Cut Light Smoke Podcast, all one word, Cut Light Smoke Podcast at gmail.com and share with us your big moments in life because it would make our day in so many different ways. And with that said, I have been Bradley with Zeal Cigars, which I think I've been Bradley the whole time. And this has been my guest, Quinta. So, Quinta, I just want to thank you so very much for being here today. And, like, it was just great getting to know you, to talk to you a little bit. And, again, guys, do me a favor. Go over to zealcigars.com and get your favorite cigar from there. And with that said, we're out of here like last year. Peace. <laughs>